What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Have the one and the only Thomas Hemingway back on. Sports analyst Thomas Hemingway back on uh, for another episode. Thomas, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Glad to be back on, as always. Glad to be back, y'all. We were supposed to do this episode like last week, I think it was, but we kind of wanted to let the free agency kind of continue to kind of transpire there. And as we see, like more and more signings have happened, more and more contracts have been signed. Uh, so without, so excited to get into it, but without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you Thomas, I think you you know y'all y'all been listening to this show for a little while y'all should know a big signing happened well my guy Deshaun Watson we didn't know what was gonna happen there but uh, he was cleared of all how, how do you how do we put this he was cleared of all was it like like federal charges um the no trade clause oh, oh you talking about them um oh the charges he was cleared of uh well I want to say clear but they just said he couldn't get criminally charged there you go. The criminal charge yeah, yeah. does still face the civil lawsuits from the, the things that happened or whatnot. We've seen yeah. and stuff, but from the criminal charge, he has been cleared. And when that happened, things really got going really quickly. Uh, the Brown, first of all, I guess we should develop it. Whenever you first heard that, okay, he's cleared of those, and you saw the teams. I think it was the Panthers, it was the Falcons, it was the Saints. I think those were the big three at first. Yeah. Who did you think yeah. he was originally going to go to? Um, honestly, when when it got narrowed down to those three, I was thinking he was going to end up in either Atlanta or Carolina. Um, just Atlanta because you know he, he's from the state of Georgia and all that, so you know everybody always wants to go home at some point. Um, and then I well, I, I feel like it was the same deal essentially with Atlanta and Carolina, kind of you know like a homecoming in, in sort of a sense because you know the Panthers are nearby Clemson and all that. Uh, because, I mean, I feel like with, with in that situation with either three of them teams, you kind of go into a, a, you know, average team, not really a, a contender. So, at that point, I guess it was just about personal preference. But, yeah, you ain't end up in either, in, in either one of them places. So. Exactly. It made it seem like the Carolina Panthers going to be willing to move heaven on earth to get them. And so I'm thinking, okay, who are they going to lose? They're going to lose more. Are they going to lose Anderson? McCaffrey probably going to have to go. But y'all, he ended up signing into the Cleveland Browns for a five-year, $230 million contract. The Cleveland, I had to do some research on this, make sure I got this right. But the Browns had to end up giving up uh, three first-round picks, a 2023 third-round pick, uh, and a 2024 fourth-round pick, and a 2024 fifth-round round. So that's a lot. That is a ton to give up. But with Deshaun Watts having sit out last year and just with him being like, I think, yeah, what, the most passing yards? Not this past season, but season before that, right? Yeah, yep. So I guess his agent, shout out David, and we'll talk about him in a second, what he did. He sold it to him, and the Browns were like, yeah, like, we'll take it. Thought it was crazy because Amari Cooper is also leaving, left Dallas, is heading out there. And um, thought Jarvis Landry was going to be gone. We'll talk about that in a second. But what, let's, let me just get your opinion. What did you think of the pickup of Deshaun Watson for the Browns? 
Um, definitely always a good pickup getting one of the, you know, top quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, like you said, they did give up a lot for it, but I, I just think considering, um, you know, how young D.Y. is and the way we see quarterbacks nowadays, quarterbacks are playing, you know, it, it, it's almost seeming like the the standard is like if you're a top quarterback, you're going to play till 40. So, I mean, it seems as if the Browns have really got their franchise guy. I mean, um, you know, we say that pretty much every time they've gotten a new quarterback. We thought that with Baker. Um, but, you know, this is the one time the Browns are getting a, a, a known commodity at the quarterback position. They're not just getting some hot shot rookie who, you know, we think has potential or, you know, some, uh, you know, like like backup quarterback. You know, they're actually getting a proven uh, starter in this league. So it's definitely a good pickup for them. Um, it was a good job to get you, you know, your franchise quarterback along with, you know, probably Amari Cooper, who will be your number one receiver there, uh, you know, for the near future. Um, so, I mean, yeah, definitely a, a good pickup for Cleveland. And I will say this. I, I will say this. Uh, I think the Browns fans, I think they love Baker, but I think a lot of the league needs to give Baker a lot of credit because it's like when he first entered that organization, you were happy to win a game. Yeah, team is great. Now he's his team, like they kind of almost expect him in the playoffs a little bit. And it's like if they're not in, it's like what is like, do y'all not remember the paper the bag days? What was that offensive lineman? Was his name Joe Thomas that used to be Joe Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> like we remember those days where he was the star of the team. So I yep, mean, yeah. <laughs> we gotta give Baker a little bit of credit. Did want to talk a little about uh this contract for Deshaun. Like I said before, it's five years, 230 million. I think this will also help him recruit some of the money that he spent, obviously, on legal fees and being the fact that the Beats by Dre's, Nikes, and all those guys had dropped him. So I think it was like David was like, okay, we need to get a lot done here to recruit that money. And you're good and you're a good enough talent to where we feel like we can actually negotiate these things and they'd be filled. But did you have you took a look at the details of the contract, Thomas? No, nah, I hadn't seen the, the, you know, the fine print of the details. I just saw the five years, two thirty. Yeah, so I yeah, so I had to do a little research, a little digging. You know, we got to make sure the show is you know uh, certified. And yeah. <laughs> it said that okay, so ESPN confirmed that the contract will only include one million dollars, one million dollars in base salary for the first year. And so, in other words, the forty-five million of the first year was in the signing bonus. So just in case he wow. gets suspended by the league, I think it can only uh, total up to like sixty-six thousand dollars. And so it's crazy that the NFL might be suspending him. Meanwhile, one of the members of the NFL being the Cleveland Browns is like, okay, we're going to give you this. We're going to work this deal around to where basically, you, even if you're suspended, you'll still be straight. And, e, yeah. and so when I saw that, I'm like, first of all, that's a great job done by his agent. But it also really makes me think, okay, he's probably have some, he's probably have some suspension time. Because yeah. For them to put that into the contract knowingly, that it's almost like okay, we can probably expect. And I did, I did some research; it was like maybe five, five to six games. Yeah, and we're gonna see what happens. But that's insane. The Browns were working with Deshaun Watson as opposed to like the league just to make sure they got their guy. So they really put it on the line for him. So uh, we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, I, I feel like that. Now that you say that, I feel like that probably played a big part in him and him coming there. I mean, who knows, Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans, you know, maybe that, you know, kind of where they drew the line in negotiations, like, well, you know, you know, maybe we want to pay you that amount, but we're not willing to put that, you know, specific, you know, them specific details in the contract, you know, regarding suspensions and all that. So that might have played a big part in it because, I mean, I did question, because, um, you know, he had the no trade clause in his whole contract. So essentially it was kind of like free agency for, for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I saw Cleveland, I'm like, 
man, you know, he preferred Cleveland over Atlanta, you know, Carolina, New Orleans, just thinking about simply like, you know, living out there. But so, yeah, now that you mentioned that, I'm, I'm sure that probably played a big part in, in why he picked them. The way I picture it happening, because we had all seen that he had eliminated Cleveland out of contention. And then it was yep. Carolina and the Saints and the, the Falcons were like the next team. Yep. And I think, I don't know, just speculating, what ended up happening was like his agent got a call back because his agent probably put that on the table and they're like, we can't do that. No, absolutely, you're crazy. And so, okay, yep. leave. And then it's like, as they were sitting there, maybe sitting around with the GM and the owner and stuff, and they're like, we, we really need him. We really need him. And so they called David back. They're like, David. And you know, David probably called the shot like, these suckers did it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, because you got to think that's, I mean, even if he does, man, even if he does, let's just say worst case scenario, he gets suspended seven games. Well, you know, we'll we'll go we'll go extra. He goes get suspended seven eight games. I mean, that'd be worth it in the long run for you know five five plus years of you know of above you know average quarterback play, elite level quarterback play. I mean, I'd be willing to sacrifice six seven games for that. I mean. It's, like you said, it's not like the Browns got some history of just being some winning franchise. So, I mean, what was six, seven days for losses, you know, hurt. So, And then in yeah. that division, they said that Baker was thinking about not playing, so they think that kind of pushed this a little bit because Baker was kind of – I think he's requested a trade. He's I'm ready to mm. be out of there. But in that division, if you look in that – was it, that's the AFC North. You got the Ravens with Lamar and company, and they'll be back, you know, injury, not injury free, but they'll be back healthier next season. You got Joe Burrow, who just coming off a torn ACL, and basically like a reconstructed leg, just took his team yeah. to the Super Bowl. You got the Steelers. Uh, how do you feel about that quarterback pickup, them getting, uh, what's their guy's name? Uh, um, Miss Trubisky. What, what, what were your thoughts about that pickup? Um, you know, uh, I ain't two of my closest friends up here in favor of the Steelers fans. So that's we we talk about that all the time. So um, you know, I gotta hear about that all day. But I think is a I think that was a sign of just to kind of keep the Steelers head above water uh for right now. Um because I mean I don't think they wanna have to I think with this quarterback draft class they see this year, they don't feel like anybody's in this class that's really gonna come in and, and you know completely turn the franchise around, or at least maybe not as fast, you know, as they want it. Um, so I feel like Trubisky, because they signed him to just a two-year deal. Yeah. So I feel like um, putting him on that two-year deal, um, I mean, it's not like Trubisky's a scrub. I mean, he's, you know, been to the playoffs before. Uh, he's got a winning record in the league, I think. Um, so, I mean, like I said, at the least, you know, he'll he'll keep you in, in uh, you know, just just that middle, you know, middle of the pack uh, type conversation. Um, but honestly, I think it's just to keep them above water for like maybe a year or two until some of these other quarterback classes start rolling around, which, you know, with your Bryce Youngs and, and guys like that, Caleb Williams, um, you know, some of them guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see this job. I forgot your boy. Um, but yeah, so I, I think they just trying to wait for some of them classes to roll around to really, you know, lock in on a guy for the future. Yeah, that you know what I was talking to someone about this today, and they brought that point up. I was like, that is an excellent point. So there you go, Thomas. Another good point. Uh, I want to see Dwayne Haskins beat him for that job. I want to see Dwayne Haskins. I saw him I think he resigned his deal or whatnot or something or what happened. But I want to see like, okay, let's have a complete off season and let's go beat this job. Let's go beat Mitch Trubisky and we'll keep this thing rocking. But so yep, so that's that will definitely the Deshaun Watson stuff will definitely be like the header for this episode as far as as far as like the picture we're not for the episode we're gonna keep this thing moving we got a lot to get to today 
What were your thoughts when you saw Tom Brady was returning? Uh, I don't want to say surprised, um, but I, I think the thing that shocked me the most is just how soon it was. I mean, it was only, what is it, 40 days after? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's kind of uh, an announcement you would expect maybe like mid-summer, you know, like a month or two before training camp, you know, he starts getting that itch again. But just 40 days after you announce your retirement um, was kind of odd um, to me. But, uh, I mean, you know, as soon as he was retired, you know, people were kind of speculating. Like, I don't know if he's, you know, for sure done with it yet. Um, I kind of felt that way about it, too, just kind of, you know, how the way he went out. I know he's come out and said, like, he doesn't want that, like, farewell tour, you know, type of deal. Um, for his last year, but I feel like in a sense that's kind of what everybody wants. Like you don't want to just you know go out and have people in question. Because I mean, when he retired, I mean yeah, it was a big deal. But I just feel like you want to be able to get that you know fanfare. Um, you know, I just think of like Kobe last year as a prime example of every game, every away game at that point is going to be a last game. You know, in that stadium, so you know it's going to be a bunch of fanfare around it. So. I feel like everybody wants to experience that. So I feel like that probably played a, a big part in it too, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking between that, because it's like we well, it's just the interest and similarity between Kobe and a lot of athletes. It's like we rarely really see guys like Kobe who step Kobe step away when to be done with it. Like he's like he's good. Yeah. He told, like he's completely good and he goes dominate another aspect of life. So that and then it's like, hmm, you want to go out with the cha- and for then so off of the Kobe talk, like I feel like Brady, you want to go out with the championship. You yeah. know, this year, a lot of guys got hurt on your team, and you're really like, yeah, we don't have him or him or him. I think he would like to go out for a championship with the championship, and then you know, Tampa Bay is willing to, to do the resources necessary, and they have a pretty good roster as well. So uh, everybody should be like healthy this year. Hopefully, they don't have to give away too many guys in free agency, and uh, see if he can. Because they already had. Did you watch the Tom versus Tom? Not Tom versus Tom. What the ESPN has some man the, um, in the, the man in the arena. Have you seen that? I ain't seen it. It was in a. It was like a series, wasn't it? Yeah, it's on ESPN Plus. It's like a documentary. Yeah, no, I hadn't seen all of it. I think that. I don't think that thing caught as much because based off of what they were talking about last summer, I don't think that thing caught as much steam as it was kind of supposed to. I think so. For them, they're, they're going to use this thing, him coming back, as a way to remarket that. So for the That's listeners, who have, shout out ESPN, y'all put money in my pocket. I appreciate y'all. So for the <laughs> listeners who have am not listening, go check that out, and we're going to see if Brady can to, to bring it home next season for the uh, for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl next season going to be in Arizona. Don't be crazy. Yeah, sure. Boy, Matt need to be in the building. I need to give me a media pass or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep it moving. Um, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. What were your thoughts? Uh, that was definitely surprising me. Because um, I think for the most part, everybody thought, well, I know, let me not speak for you, let me speak for myself. I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to end up being the Broncos quarterback. Um so then once Rodgers signed his deal, I'm like, ooh, you know, I just, I'm like, well, I guess, you know, they're going to end up picking somebody up in the draft. Um, so that Russell Wilson news definitely caught me off guard. Um, just because I, I want to say, uh, I know there have been, you know, rumors throughout the past couple of seasons, like every offseason, they get to a point where it's like, oh, you know, Russell Wilson's in some trade talks or, you know, Russell Wilson's unhappy. But, you know, eventually it just seems like things was always uh, – you know, getting resolved or whatever. Uh, so that that sounded definitely shocked me when I saw that. Um, the, the Broncos are kind of in like the same. I don't want to say they're in the same deal as the Steelers, where they're trying to keep their head over water. I think that 
um, Russell Wilson did or signing really is, um, you know, that move that's trying to put them over the top, really make that uh, that next Super Bowl push. But, yeah, it, it definitely threw me for a little when I saw the news on my phone. We were The ESPN updates are absolutely outstanding because we were just kind of sitting there and what was it, at work, and then all of a sudden people start being like, oh, my gosh, have you seen it? And the ESPN update just kind of pops up, and then the next one pops up, and it's like, yo, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. It's like, wow, that's and yeah. that's major, like you said, I don't think too many people were expecting that. But then you kind of start putting the pieces together. You got Cortland Sutton, you got Jerry Judy. It's like, hmm, could the missing piece for them have been that quarterback position? Yeah. And it's like now they got their guy. So it's like, what happens with it? Now on the flip side of that, by seeing Bobby Wagner was released, it's kind of like, oh my goodness. Cause it's, I feel like that's the last inkling of that dominant Legion of Boom. I know he wasn't in the defensive secondary, but he was part of that defense. It's like, wow, they have literally, this whole thing has been deconstructed. Uh, and he, he's yep. still a really good linebacker. So why do you think they released him? Um, I just think, I just think they kind of hitting that, that reset button. Okay. Um, I mean, I think when you're going through a, a rebuild, it's, it's not necessarily them saying like, Bobby Wagner can't do it anymore. Or, you know, he's not good enough. It's just, I mean, you know, when you want a fresh start, you just want to start all, you know, slate completely. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's honestly all I can see it as. Because, um, I mean, it didn't look like it was like any bad blood, you know, between them two, between the organizations. So, honestly, that's all I can see is they just want to just like a complete, you know, just overhaul, of, you know. I don't want to say complete overhaul. Obviously, you're going to keep a couple pieces. But, you know, just as far as the main leaders on the team. Because, you know, when you think about the Seahawks, those are the first two guys you think of is, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. So it looks like they're just kind of trying to, uh, like I said, just, just hit like a hard reset almost. And when I saw that, I was like, wow. So this is no longer the team that uh, Jamal Adams, it's the same team. But my good, when Jamal Adams went there, they had Russell Wilson. Obviously, you got your Metcalf, you got uh, what's the receiver Lockett and those guys, and you got Bobby yeah. Wagner. But this ain't that same team anymore now. So We'll see, I guess Jamal Adams, I'm pretty sure he'll like kind of completely take over leadership, at least is on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Seahawks. And we'll see what happens with that and see if the Broncos can get, get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, everybody strives to do that, but now they feel like they got their guy at quarterback to get the ball to their young weapons. They also have that guy out of Penn State like two years back. I think he's a slot receiver. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, K.J. Hammer. Yeah, he, yeah he's – um. He's had a couple flashes, but last year he had a little season-ending injury. I, I think it was – I'm pretty sure it was a lower body injury. But, yeah, he got hurt around, like, earlier the midseason. So, yeah, he, he missed almost all of last year. So, to see him back out there, was the cornerback from Alabama on the side? Sertan. Sertan. had a good year last year. So, the Broncos, I know they're ready to go for – obviously, the season just ended, but – when this training camp comes back around, it's like, yo, we feel like we got our, us a squad. We got Russell. I think Russell Wilson's one of the lead guys for his training is Tim Grover now. is the guy that worked with Michael Jordan. So they feel like they're all in. They're ready to go, and we'll see what happens with that. We're going to hit this point real quickly. We saw Aaron Rodgers remaining in Green Bay. He signs three years, $150 million contracts. Insane. This is almost get like baseball money. <laughs> we saw that Devontae Adams leaves to head to the Raiders. How the Las Vegas Raiders, how do you think he impacts that Las Vegas Raider offense? Um, I think it I think it works out well for him just because it's a different situation in Green Bay to where he he's not the the focal well, I don't want to say he's not the focal point, but 
he's not the only weapon on offense. I mean, obviously in Green Bay, you know, you had Aaron Jones in the backfield, but um, the Raiders have a, a solid running back in Josh Jacobs, but they got other, um, you know, elite uh, weapons in, in the passing game with Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller out wide. So it's almost uh, impossible to be able to double cover, double cover anybody out there. Um, and, you know, if you do that, that's always leaving somebody open or at least against single coverage, which you really don't want to do against, um, you know, either one of them guys. So I think it works out just off of that reason. Um, because, I mean, obviously you got to attribute a lot of his success in, in Green Bay to Aaron Rodgers um, and him not really having like a solidified number two out there in Green Bay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think it works out better on um, Devontae's end than it does for Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, just because, I mean, it's it's hard going from having that, that main guy as your number one receiver that you've been throwing the ball to as your safety blanket for the past, what, like six, seven years. Um, you know, you can say – or I'd I say about five or four years, you can say Devontae Adams being the Packers, you know, number one guy. Um, so it's tough to go from that uh, to a, a group of young receivers, which it looks like you're going to have because they're going to have to load up either in the draft or – or something, because I, I don't really see any any big time free agent receivers that are going to come have the same impact, same type impact that uh, Devontae Adams will have. So I think it worked out better for for Adams and Rodgers. And man, that receiving core: Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, uh, clearly Devontae Adams, the tight end. Why am I drawing a big Darren Waller? Darren Waller, man, yeah. That's loaded. Las Vegas just got exciting. I mean, it was already yeah. exciting, but it just continues to get exciting. Looking forward to see how that turns out for them. Julio Jones released. I, it, I guess it just did not work out. I know he has some injuries in Tennessee, like I think everybody was hoping it would. Any idea where he goes? Um, I mean, I heard I heard Brady's trying to recruit him out there to Tampa. Ooh. Um, yeah. At this point, at this point in his career, I wouldn't be surprised by that move. Just because, um, I mean, like we say, I mean, Julio was just looking like he's kind of, I don't want to say on the back end, because I want to say it was just two seasons ago he was, uh, he had a thousand yard season, maybe not two, might have been about three. Um, but I mean, regardless, you know, we, we saw the drop off he had last year and, and we saw how close he came to having that one Super Bowl in Atlanta. Um, you know, he, he had a little bit of a playoff run last year with Tennessee, but I feel like it's coming to that point in his career where it's like, he he just wants to be contending for a championship, you know, every year. Um, he probably knows in his head he's not the number one guy anymore. So that ain't really, you know, being a concern going somewhere where he's going to get the ball a lot. Uh, I think at this point it is about winning. So, and I mean, you know, going with Brady, you you, you know, we've heard all the, uh, you know, stories from guys that, that have played with Brady before. You know, if he, um, you know, wants you to come somewhere, obviously he's going to, you know, try to, try to do his best part to make sure you flourish, you know, in that environment. So. Um, I could see him going there, uh, or maybe just a team that that needs some some veteran leadership at the receiver position, not necessarily a guy who's you know needs to come in and, and be the number one guy. Um, so yeah, like I said, just maybe Tampa or, or just just some some kind of contender that doesn't necessarily need a number one receiver. Yeah, I did not think about that. Would be great. It's like if if you said like if I remember that Super Bowl. When the Falcons ended up losing, but the, what is it? The Patriots were down. Falcons had the big lead; they lost. And it's like you're watching Julio Jones make these insane catches, and then Tom Brady make them back and win. If you would say, "Okay, one day these two guys might play on the same team," although it might be on the back end of Julio's career, that would be amazing. Maybe that re-energizes. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be great to see. Um, 
I definitely did not have that prediction, but I like yours, so we're gonna go with that one for the show. And then so if it happens, I'm gonna credit the show. I'll give you credit though. Um, <laughs> last thing I kind of want to talk about before we introduce a new segment. Don't know how long we're gonna keep doing this for, but it's gonna go for the day. But last thing I want to mention the Chargers. They feel like they got their quarterback, I guess, Justin Herbert. They go out and get Khalil Matt, you know, go rush the guy who rushed the Packer, uh passer, obviously, uh, a leader on the defense as well. And then they signed Mike Williams for three years, $60 million. Did you think, happy for Mike Williams, Clemson guy, did you think that he was a 63 years, $60 million receiver? Um, I mean, I think looking with, with Herbert, I mean, I, I think that's, honestly, I think that's more what it was, trying to lock up, trying to secure weapons for Herbert. Because, um, I mean, that's this past season where we saw Mike Williams have his most success. I'm, I'm pretty sure he went to the Pro Bowl um, and made it on one of them all-pro teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you kind of got to, you know, these days you kind of got to pay guys more on potential than, you know, what, what they've done so far. Um, so I think just off, like, his past two seasons, he's, he's definitely been um, getting better, um, you know, as the seasons go. So you got to give him credit for that. Uh, yeah, but, I mean – I guess when you when you look at it in the sense of like he'll be getting twenty a year, twenty million a year, it's like that's that's kind of like man, you know, do you want to put Mike Williams in that you know twenty million a year conversation? But mm, like I said, I, I think it's more about the, the Chargers just trying to secure, um, you know, Herbert's weapons on the outside. And who knows, maybe Herbert, you know, got in that year and, and, and you know said he want to keep him around because I mean that is a big target for you. That was a a, a big target they used in the red zone a lot. Um, so, you know, you got him, pair him with Keenan Allen, who's kind of, you know, your route technician, um, you know, possession receiver type of guy. Uh, you know, they're they looking pretty solid out there. Yeah, when I saw that money, I you you said it the best. When I saw it, I was like, 20 million. Yeah, I'm like, yo, he better be like one of the top 15 receivers in the league. Top 10. Yeah. It's like, that's a lot of money to be paid. But I think also the market just keeps resetting itself. So you have to continue yep. to go higher and continue to go higher just for market. Because if he has a good agent, his agent will be like, we're not signing for this. This guy just got this amount. And that connection between Herbert and Mike Williams is like, if we can make this thing work and we can get one of these connections, like we've seen a lot of the better receivers and quarterbacks have in the league, we might have something. And they're competing in LA with the Rams here too. So yeah, always got to keep that in mind. Just saw... Robert Woods signed to go. Did you see that too? He can sign yeah, to the Titans. Robert Woods to the Titans. So he will be there with AJ Brown and they'll see what they can make happen with Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah, I think that's about and like I said before, Khalil Mack. I think that's a great addition. I think Khalil Mack only brings great things to that defense. And so, all right, y'all. So, like I said, we got a, a segment called Thomas Tracker. Uh, Thomas is going to talk about a little bit of free agency, the tracking to who's who's still open right now, who are the best guys on the market right now. And uh, so, Thomas, take it over. What we got? Yeah, uh, you know, just, just telling Matt, uh, one of my little my little Instagram pages I follow, I got this little free agent track I'll be keeping up with. Um, so, you know, of course, the, the, the big one I'm going to say is my boy Tyron Matthew, um, just because, you know, that, that's like my all-time favorite football player. But – he is arguably probably the the um, hottest commodity on the free agent market who, you know, hasn't been signed yet. Um, hearing a lot of talks about, well, at first we were hearing the Ravens, but they ended up signing Marcus Williams, old safety from the Saints. Um, so now, from what I've been seeing, it's coming down to uh, 
looking like either like the Raiders or the or the Chargers I've been seeing. Okay. Um, maybe not the Chargers just because you know like we we saw they just got Khalil Mack and you know they picked up J.C. Jackson, cornerback from uh New England in free agency. That was their big signing. Um, so that's looking a lot less likely. So honestly, from what I've been seeing, all point all signs are pointing towards Las Vegas. Um, which would you know definitely be a big move. That's you know along with uh. The Broncos, that's that same division right there. But it looks like the Raiders are kind of trying to make their um, Super Bowl push as well. Um, some more unsigned guys, the Davion Connors, Stephon Gilmore, two game guys, by the way. You got to slip that in there. Um, <laughs> Gilmore, uh, Gilmore, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gilmore go back to uh, the Panthers um, just because they kind of are in need of a, of, of a, you know, solid number one guy. They got Dante Jackson out there um, who, you know, he, he's holding it down pretty well. But when you add an all-pro corner like Gilmore on the other side, that just uh, that just boasts up that defense even more and helps both sides of the field. And that's, you know, a veteran leader for uh, Dante Jackson um, to, you know, kind of follow behind. Um, Bobby Wagner, like Matt mentioned earlier, uh, you know, released by the Seahawks. He's yet to get picked up yet. Uh, Melvin Ingram, Akeem Hicks, um, um, you know, interior rushers. Odell. Still hadn't uh, signed to anybody yet. Um, that's kind of still up in the air, um, especially with the Rams signing uh, Allen Robinson not too long ago. Uh, so that's two real solid receivers you got out there in, in Cooper Cup and um, Allen Robinson. So kind of feel, you know, kind of get to thinking like, does Odell fit in there as, you know, a, a third guy? That's kind of like a less role for, you know, a guy like Odell, or at least, you know, as, as we think of him. Um, so yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to see where he ends up signing. And it's, it's kind of a tough situation for him, you know, coming off of an injury, not just an injury, but you know, an injury that's serious. Um, I don't know what the timetable was for his return, but, uh, yeah, anytime you, you're coming off a torn ACL, I wouldn't be surprised to see him miss like that, you know, probably maybe like the first month of the season or so. Um, just cause you know, when you think about guys tearing the ACL, usually you don't see them for a whole nother season. So you tearing it in the Super Bowl, like I said, I, I can't even, you know, think of what that timeline is like as far as uh, the time for recovery. Um, after Odell, you got some more interior rushers, guys like Calais Campbell, Derek Barnett. Um, a big a guy I'm surprised uh, not get signed back yet is James Winston. Um, I don't know about you, man, but I thought the Saints were kind of, uh, you know, locked in on him as their guy when they signed him last year. Um, I mean, I know people were on about the, you know, whole 30 and 30 thing, 30 picks, 30 interceptions. But when they signed him, I'm like, okay, you know, that's he, – he spent, what, he spent a year behind uh, Drew Brees. Um, once Brees retired, I, I'm thinking, you know, they're handing him the keys. So, it was real surprise, And it's not like he had a bad season or something. I mean, the man got hurt. So, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just surprised to see him uh, give up on James so quick. Uh, yeah, I, I was about to say, I don't know if you had something to say about that. I am lost at the fact that, <laughs> get that okay, maybe you go get Deshaun Watson. You can't get Deshaun. I always look forward to knowing, you know, now because like Twitter and stuff, we see like we get to learn a lot more details than before. It's like, yeah, okay, when did they know they weren't getting Deshaun? Like, because the media understands one thing, but when did they know? And it's like, then it's a no brainer. It's like, James, you understand. Exactly, that. yeah. But it's like, we can't get him. It's like, no, he already understands our offense. Like you said, he got hurt. He he was producing at a pretty decent level. 
That's, I'm shocked too. <laughs> the Thomas Tracker, that's news to me. That's crazy. I thought that it was kind of locked <laughs> up and done. So that was good. So hopefully they get famous, Jameis. You, we've been seeing the videos on Twitter, Instagram about his rehab, which is always interesting to watch. Yeah, he's talking about some interesting workouts. <laughs> his quarterback training. But yeah, but I hope they resign him. I think he's perfect for that city. Uh, and he can still air it out. So you can still have that type of yeah. offense. Hopefully Michael Thomas is back next season. See, like him and Sean Payton used to go at it a lot, but now that Sean's gone, maybe they'll get that going. The new coach and uh, in Mercedes Benz, right? You, you gotta love yeah. it. Hopefully that. And I yeah. did mention this too. Going back to when you were talking, we were talking about Jadavion Clowney and Jarvis Landry, right? So apparently, whenever Amari Cooper signed, they were able to reconstruct his deal to clear about. He was at whenever Amari Cooper signed to the Browns, they were able to reconstruct his deal to clear about $15 million in cap space for the Browns because Landry was ready to go. They had given him, like, okay, you can go out and try to see if you can get a better offer than what we're giving you. But now that he heard Deshaun's coming back, he doesn't mind coming back. Jadavion Clowney played with Deshaun in Houston. Not to mention that Jadavion Clowney also had nine sacks, had a nine sack season performance last season. It was one of his best since, I think, like 2018. So he's like, wait, Deshaun's coming back to town. Yeah. <laughs> Deshaun comes down. Maybe we get this thing squared away. Maybe we don't have to go anywhere. So after that deal, the talks that are going on right now is basically that these guys are trying to maybe, hey, if we can get this money thing right, we won't mind staying in Cleveland. And that is massive because that's literally part of the difference right there. You can see of why it's such a big deal to get Deshaun instead of Baker. It's yep. like now guys that are good players, great players are like, yo, hey, what's up, man? We'll, we'll stay in Cleveland. Yeah, Ohio yeah. Cold, I can deal with the cold. That's not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> so, winning, winning solves everything. Yeah, exactly. So that's just another example of like what get uh, another example of what getting Deshaun Watson brings. It's like now guys really want to come back to Cleveland and play, especially with things about like losing Odell Beckham and now it's like Landry. It's like, and so I, I was thinking, like, okay, well, who are the rest of the guys on their receiver core? But if you get Amari Cooper and you have Landry still there, it's like, did we really lose? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a solid one and two. At that point, you just you just filling in the hole. And then I keep thinking, Miles Garrett, Davion Clowney. And if Jadavion really puts on, that is a solid. And then they got the decent – is Grant Delpip still back there uh, for the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, he came back um, – about middle of the year last year, because you know he had that Achilles his first year, but he had a yeah he had a solid first his first year. How about to say, I guess technically it ain't his rookie year, but you know he had a solid first year. Corners, one of them guys went to Ohio State for Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah, they saw that corner. They got a yeah. I'm about to say now that you say that, man, I'm like you just had a whole light bulb go on my head. They really locking up in that back end. They got a Delphi back there, and then they got um. Greg Newsom, the the rookie on one side, and then Denzel Ward on the other, and, and Newsom had a had a, a real good rookie year last year. So, yeah, they they trying to yeah they trying to lock up on the back end. Now that I think about it, put Hard Knocks back in Cleveland. That's what I need. Yeah, so I'm about to deck out in gear. I'm telling everybody I know now, I'm decking out in Cleveland. I hate the colors. My God, I hate those colors. They're just so yeah, you know, yeah, that's... walking around here wearing brown. I, you back to that orange though. You right back to that orange. <laughs> we back. We back. You know, and then I did mean to mention this. I thought Shannon Sharp. I'm gonna give him credit for this point. He made a very good point. He was like Deshaun Watson visiting team stadiums for now. It's gonna be something serious. 
it's going to be the equivalent, might be even worse, to with Kobe, whenever he was dealing with the uh, Denver trials that developed the Black Mamba. It's going to be something like that because it's like, we ain't got no love for you. You know, Cleveland might be happy about you. When I, even some Cleveland fans might be kind of like, eh, I don't really know how I feel about him. But you go around there, that was literally in the AFC North. They're going to be on his head, you know, about the trials and things like that. But uh, we'll see what happens. What do you think about those deals? Do you think that those teams, uh, Nike, Beast Bad Dre, do you think they pick them back up? Do you think he goes to like the rivals, maybe like hits Adidas and Sony? What do you think happens with that? See, them endorsement deals are tough because, I mean, it kind of, I think it kind of all depends on how the people, you know, uh, react to him coming back. You know, if he goes to stadiums and, and, and like you said, he's getting heckled, people all, you know, booing him. Uh, and, and and they just see, like, the, the, the people in the public really still, um, you know, feel a certain way about him, you know, feel a certain way about him allegations. And I think companies are, you know, are going to kind of be uh, hesitant to, you know, offer any more deals out there. Um, just all the simple fact, um, you know, we, we we talk about this in a lot of my mass communications classes, uh, talking about, you know, PR and stuff like that. Even if you, you know, companies might not have a, a, a problem with what Deshaun Watson did, but you just don't want to associate yourself with anything, you know, to that degree. So, it's like, you know, the company might have their own personal views on it, but to the public, you know, to the consumers, it's like if they ain't with it, you kind of got to respect, you know, your consumer's opinion. So you don't want to make, almost make it seem like you're co-signing, um, you know, sexual assault in any, you know, in any way, shape or form. So I feel like just, just off of that, um, you know, companies will be kind of hesitate to, to stay away from them. Of course, you'll have some sort of, uh, you know, sponsorship at the end of the day, just because, you know, you're a professional athlete. But like you said, you know, some of the bigger companies, Nike's, you know, Nike, Beats by Dre, companies like that, you know, might be a little reluctant to reach back out. There you go, y'all. Thomas giving us a little bit of mass communications. <laughs> we can't give you the full degree on the show, but if you're thinking about going, you're thinking about going to the school of mass con, Thomas just gave you a, a <laughs> what we talk about in a real life example. Uh, but that is about all I have for y'all on this week's episode. Real quick, Thomas, how you feeling about March Madness so far? Uh, it's definitely, um, man, it's just, it's fun, man. It's, it's just fun watching it, man. Just like, I don't know, that, that March Madness is just something different. Just all the upsets that come along with it. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like, we know what's coming every year. Like, you know, we see these one and two seeds every year, you know, think they're going you know, make these big runs or whatever, but it's like, you know, the upsets are coming, you know, you just don't know from who. Um, so I think that, I think that's the thing I like most about March Madness is just seeing these schools that, you know, probably never played a, a national televised game before, like a St. Peter's or something, um, who just, you know, beat Kentucky the other day, a 15 CB, the two CB. Guys that, you know, maybe play like one or two national televised games, you know, guys you never heard about coming in, you know, performing on the big stage like that. So it's, it's always fun to watch. Absolutely. I, I really haven't watched so much college basketball this season, but man, just seeing some of these big upsets, Kentucky's out. Give me, give me just a couple of other big upsets. Uh, Kentucky um, so that, yeah, Kentucky lost the other day. That was, that was a 15 seed losing to a two seed. Um, gee, let me think about some of these other upsets. Uh, I know one just happened just now. I just got a notification on my phone. Uh, number two, the Two seed Auburn just lost to a ten seed, so that was big. Um, 
Oh, Baylor. Baylor was the number one seed. They got beat by eight seed. So, like I said, it's, it's like the inevitable happens every year. It's like you know what's coming, but that's that's like what makes it fun. That's insane. It's insane. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. I, all time, still never forget Loyola, Chicago, Florida, Florida Gulf Coast, and they and even you know yesterday I was at the Hornets game, and it's like and this is great, but that doggone UCLA team back of our freshman year of college storming through, end up losing to Malik Monk and company and uh, uh, March Madness. But watching that UCLA team, I thought I was getting on the bus. I felt like I was getting my boy Lonzo. I got to catch on his games in Chicago once he gets back healthy. But yeah, love March Madness. And uh, I felt like it would be like almost like untoned death for us not to mention March Madness going on right now. It's like straight NFL, like it's not even going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, y'all. So that is all I have for y'all this week. Thomas, anything else? Oh, no, that's all I got. Hey, man, we appreciate y'all for listening. Don't know if we're going to do – y'all know how we go. In the off-season, they're more sporadic episodes. In the off-season, clearly we get back right, to yeah. our guests and the break's slower. But thanks for listening, y'all. Till next time, peace. Hey,